Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining us here this morning online. We're so glad to be with you. We're going to continue uh, recording messages so you guys can be a part of this online. I also want you to know that we have begun gathering in person at the church building as well so uh, awesome. just a few weeks ago, and it is great to be together. I want you to know ahead of time we are following the precautions, uh, masks and, and social distancing and all of those things. Um, so if and when you feel comfortable, we want you to know that you are invited to come and join us on a Sunday morning. Absolutely. You can register online for those or register in person when you come. We also wanted to mention that Easter is only two weeks away. We're so excited uh, for Easter and to celebrate that together. We have several events coming up Easter weekend. So on Good Friday, we're having a contemplative service. Um, here at the building at 7 p.m. We would love for you to join us for that. And then on Saturday from uh, 1 to 2.30, we're having a Vine Family Easter event. Um, so our Vine families are invited to come. If you'd like to bring some friends, you're welcome to do that. We're going to have some fun games and Easter egg hunts for the kids. And so that's coming up. And then, of course, Easter morning to celebrate together um, at 10 a.m. here at the building Jesus' resurrection. We're super excited to get to worship together. Yeah, lots of good things coming. So last week we began a series called The Mission of God. And if you didn't get to hear that or, or be here for that last week, I encourage you to go back and uh, hear the beginning of the story. Uh, two resources uh, that we mentioned live last week. I don't think we put it in the recording, though. Uh, two resources mm -hmm. that we've been leaning on uh, in this series. Um, a book called A Light to the Nations by Michael Goheen. And the other, The Mission of God by Christopher Wright. So if you're curious to read more and research a little bit more on the subject, you're welcome to pick either of those up and spend some time in them. So I want to start with kind of the overview, this idea of the mission of God this morning. Um, in the beginning, God created. And what God creates is good. Humanity was to play a special role in the life of God. Adam and Eve got to walk with God in this pristine garden. In time, however, temptation won the day, and in pursuit of more power or knowledge or freedom or who knows what else, humanity set out on its own path. And so the remainder of the biblical narrative describes a God who is on mission, a God in pursuit of restoring relationship with his beloved creation. And in the Old Testament, we read of God's covenant with a man named Abraham, whose descendants would be the Israelite nation. Uh, and God promised to bless Abraham and the Jewish nation um, for two purposes, that they would be a light to the nation and that through them, God's blessings would flow into the entire world. Um, they were a chosen people set apart for a remarkable purpose in this world. And though Israel often lost sight of their purpose, God was abundantly faithful in their relationship. So that's a bit of, of the Old Testament overview of what's happening. Today, we're going to dive into the story of Jesus and the way Jesus relates to this next chapter in the story of the mission of God. You know, I have a question. I was wondering if you have ever committed to something and then were unable to keep that commitment, unable to keep your side of the bargain. As I was thinking about this question, I remembered um, back in my teen years, I lived in Guinea, West Africa. Some of you guys knew that. I grew up, I grew up in Africa and uh, we had some amazing Peace Corps workers that worked around us that we got to know. And one day, three of them 
uh, came over and they invited me and I'm, I forget how old I was, maybe 14 or 15, but they invited um, a 15 year old version of me to go on an epic bike ride with them. They, I had just gotten my mountain bike and they knew that and they had mountain bikes and they had planned a day and a half long trek through the African countryside, going from remote village to remote village. Um, and they invited me to come along. Well, at the time I was 15 and I was super excited about my bike. I can totally do this, right? And they warned me. They said, now, Sarah, you're going to have to, you're going to have to like exercise and work your way up. You're going to have to ride your bike and, and, and get stronger. And I said, of course, I ride my bike to my friend's house all the time. <laughs> I'm riding my bike. So the day came and we packed up and we went on this trek and it was so hard. It was so hard. We weren't even on roads. We were on walking trails in between the villages. And so the road was uneven and there were hills. And at one point it started raining and there were multiple places where I had to get off and just push my bike because I couldn't ride it. And my friends who had invited me were so gracious and they helped me along even though I was not living up to my part of the deal. We, we spent the night at one of their houses and the next morning I remember waking up and I couldn't hardly move. <laughs> I couldn't hardly move, but we made it home all because uh, my friends didn't give up on me and they helped me. You know, sometimes even when we have the best of intentions, we can't keep up our end of a bargain. And this is where we're at um, in the biblical story of the mission of God. Last week, like Micah said, we talked about God's covenant with Israel, his people. And yet throughout the story, we see how Israel was not able to keep up their end of the covenant. Yeah. Now, a covenant is a legal agreement. And you can go back in the Old Testament and read the details of how that covenant was made and, and the details of it. I encourage you to spend some time reading in that. It's fascinating and it's important stuff. But this legal uh, term, this covenant that God and Israel had created, uh, you know, this in or this means that if one person is to break covenant, then the covenant, this contract or whatever, is null and void, right? And what's interesting is God's character and God's choice of engagement in spite of Israel's breach of covenant. You see, as we see, as we read over and over in um, in Scripture, specifically in the Old Testament, of Israel losing sight of God or turning to other gods, or all of the, the twists and turns in the narrative that is the Israelite nation in the Old Testament, we see God relentless in his faithfulness and his love for this nation. God continues to offer opportunity and reconciliation after reconciliation in the story of the Israelite people, culminating in where we'll be today. In God saying, not only am I willing to continue in this covenant relationship in spite of failures on the other side, God says, I will come and join this story. In the character of Jesus, we see God coming to earth and engaging. And in so doing, really, he's fulfilling both sides of the covenant. 
He is taking on the entire contract and covenant in and of himself. So we see not only his faithfulness to the Israelite people, but his passion for, his love for all of humanity, his intention to bring that blessing to all humanity. In the Gospel of John, in the first chapter, verse 14, um, John writes this uh, about Jesus. He writes, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. God, the Creator, in human form, in the person of Jesus, dwelling among his creation. In humanity, people getting to meet Jesus and see the one and only Son of God and Jesus coming purposefully full of grace and truth and certainly in the idea of God fulfilling both sides of the covenant we see grace where God bridging the divide. You know the other thing we see there in John 1 and in other places in scripture is this idea of the Trinity and this is pretty central to Christian understanding and belief uh, across denominations. Um, but in, in short, the idea of the Trinity is God who is one and exists as three also. So often it's uh, God is referred to or the Trinity referred to as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I like uh, the idea of the creator, the savior, and the sustainer. There's a lot of ways we can talk about this, uh, but we catch a glimpse of that in there. And throughout scripture, we catch glimpses. Well, one of the, um, uh, the aspects of God often takes the front seat in the story. God in the Old Testament, Jesus in his time on earth, the Holy Spirit in um, empowering the church. Uh, we still catch glimpses of all three throughout scripture, and that's, that's important to understand and to see. Um, so what we see in the character of Jesus as it relates to the mission of God, we read about God in the Old Testament making a covenant with Israel, and then we read about Jesus coming into the scene. A new chapter beginning, the next chapter in the story of the mission of God, in which God would, in the form of Jesus, walk amongst humanity and eventually even be willing to die on a cross for humanity. And Jesus spoke of the mission of God in terms of in terms of the kingdom of God, or in some places, um, the the kingdom of heaven. And those phrases are interchangeable. The kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is God's reign, God's rule, and how how God's reign is experienced in our lives today. And so God's mission and Jesus's prayer that He taught the disciples was. God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because when God's kingdom comes, when his will is done, then there's healing and there's restoration and peace for creation. And we see um, Jesus spoke about the kingdom of God throughout his entire ministry. It was one of his central, the central things that he spoke about. And we see in, in both the teachings and in the life of Jesus, how this kingdom, this kingdom of God was very different than other kingdoms of this world and certainly different than what his disciples in, in Israel was expecting out of the Messiah, the king that was to come. For example, Jesus was very inclusive. He insisted on going to the marginalized and the hurting and the vulnerable. 
and and instead of valuing power and prestige he lifted up the humble and the loving and the meek that was what the kingdom of god looked like yeah and so as sarah mentioned a minute ago this uh prayer as he teaches in in uh, matthew chapter mm-hmm. six uh they ask how do we pray and jesus says uh pray like this our father in heaven holy is your name your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And this to me is a remarkable piece of the story of the kingdom of God, the mission of God in this world. And quite often, especially in Western Christendom, we think of heaven uh, as the ultimate goal. And, you know, I'm just getting by here until I can go and be there. But this, the prayer of Jesus and the story of the mission of God is the idea of the kingdom of heaven coming down and reigning on earth, that God would be our king, that he would be our leader, that his ways and his rule would take root here on earth. And so we, along with Jesus, pray this prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done. It is not far off. We don't wait upon it, but we are invited into it here and now. This is often referred to as the inaugurated kingdom, this idea where the kingdom of God is here, it's already, but it's also not yet. It's also coming. So right here and now, the kingdom of God has begun. It is present. God is reigning in the lives of people and also God's continually on mission um, that his kingdom might come in increasing fullness. Um, in in this world, that more people would come to know him and live um, in that kingdom un- under his reign where there is healing and there is just such love. Yeah, you know, last week as we explored the origins of the um, story of the mission of God, we talked about creation and God in an intimate way creating humanity and wanting to walk with them, inviting Abraham into the story of reconciliation and healing in the world, inviting Moses into the story of continually involving people in this plan and this uh, process. And Jesus is kind of the culmination of that, that narrative. Um, that God chose not to fix or uh, change from afar, but chose to come and to walk amongst humanity. And so the story of Jesus is this beautiful story of God being willing to walk with, suffer with, experience the things of humanity. And in the end, Jesus experiences what most of us won't ever have to experience, a, a cruel death. Um, he experiences uh, crucifixion, and there's in this tragic story and moment um, a number of beautiful little glimpses of what God is doing in this morning that 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 clue us into the mission of God and and what is being accomplished in this uh, portion of the story. Uh, for instance, in Matthew chapter 27, verse 50 and 51, um, it says, "And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit." And at that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Now, this could be easily overlooked, but this is significant and a beautiful moment in the story of God's mission and engagement in the world. You see, the temple at this time was created with outer courts uh, where anyone, everyone can go. And as you move inward at the temple, it becomes more and more exclusive until the most central point of the temple, which is called the Holy of Holies. And this is a place that only the high priest could go Mm -hmm. one time a year 
to be in God's presence and to offer sacrifices for the people. And this curtain that it speaks of, tearing from top to bottom, miraculously being torn in two as Jesus dies on a cross, is that curtain that would separate all of humanity from where God was dwelling. This is a beautiful moment because it marks a next chapter in the story of the mission of God. It speaks to our access to God, whereas once through sacrifices we could get fairly close. Whereas once a priest, once a year, would enter the presence of God, the story of Jesus and his sacrifice and the torn curtain is the story of a God that would no longer be at a distance from humanity, but instead that we would, that humanity would have access again to the presence of God. And he invites us to approach you know, and he invites us to approach him as those who have been forgiven. So the kingdom of God is uh, a kingdom of forgiveness. In Ephesians chapter 1, starting in verse 7, it says this, In him, in Jesus, in him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the, with the riches of God's grace that he has lavished on us. In him, in Jesus, through Jesus, we have the forgiveness of our sins. And this forgiveness is a grace. It's freely given. It's not earned. Um, it's freely given. You know, as a teacher, I was an elementary school teacher for many years. And as a parent, we have kids. And uh, I've had many conversations with kids about uh, reconciliation and forgiveness because there's always little spats and little things that you have to talk about and I wonder if you remember I remember as a kid um, when you know we got into a little fight being made to say I'm sorry like okay you need to apologize for this right now and or being made to say I forgive you after someone apologizes and it's almost comical as an adult as you're trying to facilitate some of these conversations you see these angry little faces and these gruffy voices saying I'm sorry and I forgive you that is so far from what forgiveness is um but I've experienced the healing power of forgiveness from our girls. I remember this one time specifically, they were young. I don't know exactly how young, maybe four or five. And I was frustrated and was having a hard day for whatever reason and I yelled at them. And I'm not a yeller, we don't yell at our household, but I yelled at them. And I remember sitting them down on the carpet, you know, on the floor and explaining to them why it wasn't okay that I had responded that way and asking for their forgiveness and their response was to crawl into my lap and to put their arms around me and say of course mommy we forgive you oh I still when I think about that it, it, it's really it's powerful to experience the healing power of, of forgiveness that can bring healing and peace and Jesus died and he rose again to give us a pathway both to be forgiven, but also to practice forgiveness in our lives. Yeah, so this is a story of the mission of God. A God who created humanity 
intimately and intended to, desired to walk with them. Sin had created separation, but God was in pursuit again of humanity. And this week we look at the the chapter that is Jesus and his time on earth, his ministry, the way he had compassion for and love for humanity in ways like no one around him understood, right? But Jesus engaged in the realities of the moment. Jesus eventually in his crucifixion and his resurrection, which we'll celebrate in a couple of weeks at Easter, uh, brought about remarkable change and new opportunity in the story of the mission of God. That is, that forgiveness was offered in Jesus, that his sacrifice is sufficient for us And that we are invited not just to know forgiveness, but to curl up in God's lap uh, and and to experience that nearness, to approach again, to have access to a God who loves us, is inviting us, desires to walk with us. So that is our invitation today as we look at the mission of God and the story of God. All of humanity, us included, are invited into the presence of God, and we are invited to participate in the mission of God of continually bringing about his kingdom here on earth more and more. And we pray, we join people all over the globe to praying, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is And so in the weeks to come, we're going to talk more about what this kingdom of God looks like and how we participate in the kingdom of God. Each week we've been um, leaving you with a song and something that we can use to reflect a little bit more. And uh, this week, it's a song that Sarah actually introduced to us, I don't know, six months ago. Um, It's called uh, The Kingdom is Yours, and it's um, by a coalition of musicians called The Common Hymnal. Mm -hmm. And uh, the kingdom is of yours, and it's um, it's born of uh, Matthew chapter five, Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is speaking to a, a, a crowd of people in need, hurting people, and he says, "Hey, you are blessed when you are humble or meek, because." The kingdom is yours. This kingdom that Jesus has brought into this world, uh, this kingdom of God that is bringing peace and healing in this world, it's yours. It's being given to you that you can be a part of this kingdom. So we hope that you find blessing in this song, The Kingdom is Yours by Common Hymnal. Let's pray as we close out. Dear God, we thank you so much for your love. We thank you so much for how you draw us close, Lord, how you invite us to approach you. Jesus, thank you for your sacrifice. Spirit, thank you for your presence with us constantly. Lord, we pray today and in the days to come that you would open our eyes to see your kingdom here on earth and to participate in your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, friends, thanks again for joining us today. Uh, We pray that you have a blessed week, and we can't wait to see you again soon. Bye, everyone.